Hi, I'm Rosie Acosta. I'm a meditation teacher, speaker, and author of You Are Radically Loved, a healing journey to self-love. Look, I grew up in East Los Angeles during the 92 LA riots, and it set me on a troubled path. I didn't grow up with mentors in my life, so I turned to reading as many books as I possibly could to learn about the purpose of life. In my journey, I found that having these conversations gave me life, and I decided I wanted to create a place where I could share these conversations with my community. So come have a sit with me as we learn about, well, everything. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Radically Loved Podcast. I am so excited for today's episode. We are celebrating episode 500. Oh, I cannot believe it's been going on seven years of doing this podcast. The Radically Loved Podcast has definitely been a passion project. We've come a long way. We've built such a beautiful community and all thanks to you, listening and watching on YouTube. I have a very special guest for today's episode. Tracy Stanley is an author and radiance advocate on a mission to help people explore their birthright to deep rest and awakened clarity that comes from the spiritual practice of yoga nidra. Not only is Tracy one of my dear friends, but she's also a mentor and a teacher and just somebody who I really admire. And I'm so excited that she got to be our 500, 500th, 500, <laughs> episode 500. How do you see that? 500th episode, right? I still can't believe that we've made it this far. Just so you all know, I am currently hosting Radio Headspace and also co-hosting Dear Headspace. So if you haven't checked out either or both of those podcasts, I highly recommend. After 500 episodes, I decided to take a short hiatus just to allow myself to decompress and to really just spend some time acknowledging my efforts and the building of this community. I'm so, so incredibly grateful for all of you. And I do plan on coming back I'm just hoping that this time really gives me an opportunity to open the door to what's next. Sometimes it's nice to step away so that you can gain a new perspective. I'm a big fan of being able to do that. And so just so you know, we will be replaying some of our older episodes. But until then, you can catch me currently at Radio Headspace and at Dear Headspace. You can also check out the content that I've created on the Headspace app. And again, thank you so much for being here. And without further ado, here's my conversation with Tracy Stanley. Tracy, thank you so much for being here. Mm, thank you for having me. It's always so great to be with you. Well, one thing that I will say that I didn't tell you yet is that this is our 500 episode. Oh my goodness. What an honor. Are you kidding? First of all, let's just pause and honor you for the devotion and the consistency and the inspiration that it takes 500 episodes. I just want to say that when I started the Radiant Rest podcast, I was like, I'm going to do 12 episodes. <laughs> and that's it. 
And then it's going to be complete. 500 episodes. Oh, how many years has that been? Oh, Tracy. Wow. I started back in end of 2015, but mm-hmm. it was basically like I started and I did like four episodes and then I stopped because I was like, mm-hmm. oh, this is a lot more work than I thought it was going to be. And then after right. four episodes, nobody was listening. So I was like, oh, this is a bust. <laughs> I'm not gonna do this <laughs> I think I've, I've said this story so many times, people might be sick of me saying it. But when I launched the podcast, I thought everybody's going to download it. I'm going to have so many. I'm so excited. There's got to be at least a hundred people that are going to listen to this. You know, all my friends on Facebook and Tori put it together. You know, he had to teach himself how to edit a podcast. And I uploaded it and I was excited and I waited. I think we uploaded it. And then the next day I logged on to, I'm pretty sure it was Libsyn. And I was like, oh, let's go see. And there was only two downloads. It was me and Tori. (laughs) That was it. (laughs) That is so good. That is so good. Right? What a great humbling. I was extremely disappointed, but also the silver lining was, oh, great. Like zero expectation. Now Mm -hmm. I can actually create something that I want and not have to worry about appeasing somebody. I could truly just focus on something that makes me happy. So I have not actually thought about that. You triggered that that memory now that you're saying it's been 500 episodes. But I think for me, the biggest, I think, goal or I want to say celebration mm. is to finally get to this place where I set out to create this community. I set out to create this experience for myself and for my students and everybody that listens to the show that I wanted to have these really great conversations with people that I admired. And so I thought it was so apropos that you are our 500 episode. Mm, Thank you. So I was so excited. I'm like, oh no, this needs to happen. This is the apex, the pinnacle. And so for me, I didn't actually set out to have the podcast last as long as it has. I mean, I, I planned on doing the podcast for a year Getting up to episode 100 and then calling it quits. To me, that was the overachiever in me. Hmm. And once I achieved that, it started, then it started to actually have people, (laughs) people actually started to listen to it. And it's, it gradually grew over time and not in an abundant way still. I, I tell people this all the time that start a podcast. I'm like, it's a, it's a labor of love for a long time, unless you have a different type of marketing strategy, which at the time I didn't know that I needed mm. or had. I didn't have any insider insight. I had to just basically figure it out myself, a la watching YouTube videos. But it was um, it was good. I like that the growth happened over time. It felt way more sustainable than having something just be a hit. Quick success, quick downfall. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it. I feel like that those two downloads that were you and Tori in the very beginning probably tested your fortitude and your devotion to really doing this. And to me, when I hear you and I watch you doing this, it feels so natural and so from the heart that it feels dharmic. 
Like it feels like, oh yeah, of course Rosie is supposed to be having these conversations and inspiring people and teaching. It just feels completely like it's meant to be part of how you teach and how you share. So thank you. Well, thank you for just being who you are. And I actually talked about this the other day on the podcast. I have radiant rest next to my bed. I always read, read, you know, I, I do the kind of flip like, oh, like today, what's going to be today's practice? The Oracle. Yeah, exactly. I talk to you all the time in my mind, brain space. I actually do have some things that I wanted to talk to you about today. Some questions. I think as I was preparing for 2023, this new year, and, you know, I feel like every couple of years, it's really great for us to not reinvent ourselves so much, but to change it up, you know, to create mm-hmm. some something new and exciting. I feel like sometimes we can get a little bit complacent. And I know that you and I have talked about these processes in the past when perhaps there's been a little bit of stuckness. And mm-hmm. I know that at towards the end of 2022, I felt like I was really ending it like... Um, the little engine that could on its last leg, <laughs> like it didn't yeah. end well, you know, I kind of was yeah. just crawling to the finish line towards the middle and end of December. I was just cooked and mm. I hadn't felt like that in a long time. And typically the beginning of the year, January, February, I, I kind of give myself the space to do some self-inquiry and give myself a broad, loose plan for the year. And I've just not been able to do that this year. I've just had such Mm. a hard time seeing what that looks like or what it feels like. I mean, I do have, you know, plans and I continue my career, obviously, but there's just the sense of perhaps I need a little bit more time. Does that make sense? I'm curious what your thoughts are on this. Yeah. I mean, when, as you were speaking and you said, I need a little bit more time, the first thing that came to me was spaciousness. I need a little bit more spaciousness because we kind of have this false start. I feel like with January 1st being like, oh, the new year is starting. I have to have my plan. I have to have my intention. I have to have all the things. And I don't know about you, but for me, that that period of time of winter, even though I know you're in LA and there is doesn't really feel like there's a real winter, but there feels like there needs to be this time for rest and reflection and not a hurry up and get up and go and be ready to get to the races on January 1st. And I know that for me, when I was in my previous career as a film producer, we were really lucky because we would take off essentially from Thanksgiving to January 3rd or so. And that was kind of like an industry-wide thing. It's like we knew that we would be like low-key during that time. And whenever I would come back on January 3rd, like to gear up to go back into the office, it never felt natural. It never felt right. It always felt off. I always felt like, no, you know what? I need another month. I don't want to feel like I'm trying to merge into the 405 on a bicycle because that's what it feels like. Yeah. 
Although if you were on a bicycle, you'd be going faster than all the other cars. We're just saying. <laughs> That's true. But yeah, no, I, I hear you. It's such an interesting experience because I feel like a lot of that pressure, where does it come from? I mean, if you're in an industry like the entertainment industry, that pressure is coming externally from obviously mm-hmm. the powers that be, right? But as a solopreneur or someone who is doing their own thing, how do you find that? that sort of incentive when you feel a little bit stuck. Yeah. Does that make sense? 100%. I think for me, it was about recognizing that I go through natural cycles. I go through cycles of needing to be kind of fallow. And I go through another cycle of being really inspired. And for me, those cycles actually can be connected to the cycles of the moon, definitely to the seasons, right? It's like once it starts getting cold, I am not interested in being out (laughs) and external. I really want to be insular and it really takes a lot. It's like, so I would even say doing this podcast today, this is like the first time coming out of the, what I call the rest cave to like be out in the world. And I'm so thankful that it's with you. <laughs> I know. And I'm, I, and as I was telling you, this is again, episode 500. We are going on a little hiatus after this episode. So it's almost like you're coming out and I'm getting ready to just go back into this, this cave of ooh wonder and nourishment. And I think that mm-hmm. what you're saying, it resonates so, so well with me. And you and I've had these conversations before and it seems like, <laughs> why is it that I'm, Tracy's always always shows up at that perfect moment and I'm like, <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> I'm exhausted. I'm, I'm really just in this place where I'm kind of stuck creatively, you know, and it, it feels a little bit, yeah, it's like, um, how do I explain? I can feel myself like a match that won't light you know, mm, but it mm. doesn't, but it doesn't feel bad. It just feels like, oh, this is interesting. This is not, this is not lighting. Normally you, you strike the match mm-hmm. against that rough surface and it lights right up. But for some reason, this little match keeps rubbing up against that rough surface and it's just getting a little tattered. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> I feel you. I feel what you're saying. And I think that we have to think about the reasons why we keep going, right? Like, why don't we honor when you get that first feeling of like, ooh, I'm bone deep exhausted. I need to take a hiatus now. Like, no matter what's going on, I've got to clear the calendar. I have to do, you know, take two days, whatever it is. You know, there's a fear, right? That fear of... I'm going to miss out on something. I'm going to be behind in some way. And, you know, we can trace that fear all the way to the one of the clashes, which is fear of death, right? Abhini Vesha. It's like, if I miss out, what's going to happen to me? If I can't keep up with the competition, what's going to happen to me? And then I would also say that there's this illusion that the match is out when the light is eternal, right? And instead of us pausing, because when we pause, we get to go inward and realize like, oh, this light is eternal. It's bright. It's shining. 
But when I'm on the run and I'm in the exhaustion, I'm looking outward a lot of times for the light. And that's where that, for me anyway, that's where that like feeling of raggediness comes in. It's like, I don't want to feel raggedy. I want to feel rested. So how can I shift my life into a cycle or a flow that honors my need for rest, which has gotten to be more and more as I get older? Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and menopause, we we need to rest. We can't keep going. Yeah. And I, it's a topic we've actually talked about that on the podcast. Um, we've had some really great guests talking about, yeah, hormonal health and how important it is for us to actually do the rituals and take care of ourselves and, and nourish whatever stage we are in life. And I go back to that mental state that we put ourselves in the sort of the either the FOMO or uh, the feeling of irrelevancy or the feeling Mm. of, yeah, just maybe not being able to sustain something, which I find so interesting because part of our ability to sustain anything requires us to rest and to re-nourish and to be able to take our time. It's just so interesting. I, I always found it so paradoxical that people that are in the world of wellness tend to burn themselves out (laughs) or put themselves in a state like the people that are always telling other people how important it is to sleep are Mm -hmm. not getting that great of sleep. Exactly. You know, I think about that because I And I'm self-admittedly, I'll always put myself in that category because I will forever be the student. And I think about it as I talk to somebody telling them, oh, you need to really slow down, take a Mm. unplug for a minute, give yourself that break. But then when I feel that internal calling, I'm like, oh no, I can't. Oh no, no, no. But I'll take a break this summer, like in August or, right, or maybe, later. oh yeah, later, like, or maybe I should just wait until December of this year. Maybe I should just take a big break later. And it's like, <laughs> right. girl, go, it is... go a whole 11 months before, <laughs> yeah. before you pause. <laughs> and I'm like, it's just, it's so, it's so interesting. Anyway, one of the things that I really love about you is just how, <laughs> not only how grounded I feel in your presence, because even just being in your presence makes me feel like, oh, right. Yes. Like I get to nourish myself. And I think it's important. And again, just how you live in my mind space whenever I'm doing yoga nidra. <laughs> um, but also, I know that we've had such great conversations about nourishment and self-care, internal, you know, spiritual health, our, our mental well-being and I know that that's something that you you speak to a lot. And um, I feel like at times when we are in that state of depletion or when we get stuck somehow that it's so easy to forget everything we know, right? Or the things that we know. Oh, absolutely. It's Why so does true. this happen? Well, I don't have the answer to that. I wish I did. But what I can tell you because you just spoke about it and it just reminded me of the nine, what they're called the nine formidable obstacles to yoga. And one of them is burnout. Another of them is doubt that you can sustain something. And another one is feeling unworthy. And so you just brought up three of these obstacles. 
And I really feel like the doubt and the burnout and the feeling that I'm I'm not going to catch up, I'm not going to be good enough to do this. And also the denial of rest, you know, that I'll do it later. I definitely think that feels like stuckness to me. What do you think are the benefits of being stuck? Because I also feel like here's another way that, oh, I feel how to get unstuck. I mean, I used to talk about it. Like, let's take a workshop on how to get unstuck. Do you think there's a benefit to allowing ourselves to be stuck? Of course. Yeah, because that's how we learn. (laughs) At least that's how I've learned in the past. Like if I've felt stuck, I'm like, okay, what is the antidote for stuckness? right now? And what type of stuckness do I feel? Am I feeling a mental stuckness? Am I feeling a physical stuckness? Am I procrastinating? How is this manifesting? And so I think that it gives you a little bit of a portal to go into, to kind of learn and see what are my patterns and how can I find the antidote? And sometimes for me, when I feel stuck, Stuckness is like, oh, I have to get up and I have to move my body and I have to move my body in a different way, right? I have to move my body. So an example of that would be, I just said that in the season of winter, I'm feeling like I want to like lay low, right? But I also know that I have to move my body in some way. So what would happen if I started to move my body in a different way? So instead of doing the asanas that I know for the last 20 something years, what if I go and I start doing gyrotonics Mm -hmm. and I start moving my body in these circular movements, right? And these really feminine movements. What happens then is this almost like a rewiring, I feel like, of the neural pathways that are so used to doing something in one way that now is doing something in a new way. And I get to see things in a different way. I get to see my own body in a different way. My mind starts to work in a different way. Yeah, that's fascinating because as you're saying that, I'm like, wow, it's interesting how we can be in the state of stuckness and you're doing everything exactly the same. Like, how do you know? Because I'm like, oh yeah, Tracy, I should change my practice. I'm feeling a little linear in my movements and oh no, I do the same run. I do the same, you know, I'm also a creature of habit, right? So for Mm -hmm. me, those accoutrements make me feel grounded. They give me comfort. They make me feel safe. But at the same time, if I'm not expanding and my mental and physical body feels stuck, what better way to expand it than to move even just in a different way? Yeah. Yeah. Read a different topic, learn a different language, you know, something to create movement and then be in nature, be in near a body of moving water. You know, there's so many different things. I think for every person, there's an antidote and they know what the antidote is. It's just taking the time and having the spaciousness to be able to contemplate, whether it's through self-inquiry, just, you know, dream practices, allowing the messages to kind of come through and then following through which is the hard part when you feel stuck, right? Is following through on the messages that you receive and the inspirations that you receive. 
Yeah, I feel like a lot of the times we'll get a message and we'll just be like, oh, it's just like what I said. Oh, it's fine. I'll rest later. I'm <laughs> so really I'll, I'll listen to that message but, later. Yeah, I'll listen to that message. Let me put a little bookmark that. Let me star that and come back to it later. Like maybe somebody's listening to this podcast and just internally said, I'm going to listen to this <laughs> later. <laughs> now it's not the time these women are speaking directly to me. Yes, we're speaking. If you're listening to this, and you are experiencing feeling a little bit stuck, feeling a little bit depleted, you're feeling tired, perhaps this conversation is a sign that you, I don't want to say should, I hate shitting on people, so I'm not no, going to shit all no over should. them. It's a perfect time for some internal questioning, some internal inquiry, some loving, nourishing exploration. Right. Yeah. I love how you're saying the antidote instead of, oh, the way to fix the problem, because I feel like so much of the time we're posing a problem and it's like, this is how you fix it. Get, I mean, so much of the marketing is get unstuck in five easy steps, or this is how you heal burnout, have this peak performance coffee, <laughs> you know, <laughs> whatever right. it may be. Yeah. There's, there's always that quick way of getting there. There are no quick ways to enlightenment, my friends. No, there's no quick ways. And I think that if we can be in spaciousness and contemplation, that we then we kind of learn to honor our own knowing, right? We can think back to a time when we felt inspired or we felt like we were that match was lighting really quickly and really brightly. And we can also think about what were we doing then and, yeah. and feel into, into that because we all have a natural state of light and brightness. And we also have to listen to the times when it means slow down. We yes. can't go at a hundred miles an hour all the time. It's We're not made to do that. And you give such a great prose because I think... If we have a gauge of what that looks like and have a quick reference point, either an experience, we know when we feel good or when we don't feel good. And and my the first thing that came to mind was back in 2017, I did this huge tour with Yoga Journal magazine. I remember. Right? So I yeah. was, we were on the road for like a really long, I, 10 months. I think I was on the road for 10 months out of that year. I think I came back home four times in that year. And then it ended with then me leading this retreat in Italy. So it was, it was just like a, a lot going on. And I remember just feeling so empty of energy that it took everything in my being to hold space for my students. And that made me feel worse. Not having the energy to do what I love to do made me even feel worse. But that feeling of there wasn't even a match. <laughs> there was like, no, <laughs> I mean, at times now, since then, there's at least a match that I can strike through or on a rough surface to get the fire back, get that creativity, get the energy going, get that spark. But back in that moment, I just, I didn't even know what was going to happen. It felt just so completely beyond the line of empty. So that's my barometer, you mm. know? So I have that to compare it to, which is not 
a typical everyday occurrence. So to me, I'm like, oh, that's the worst it could get. And it'll never be that bad. But it's interesting because when you don't feel good and you think about the barometer, like, you know, we do these things, right? Oh, well, it's not as bad as this thing or that thing. So we we're okay, right? Right. But I think it's the same as pain, right? Pain is pain regardless of where you or how you feel it. So when you are in that state of feeling depleted energetically, you feel so empty. If that feeling is familiar to you, I mean, you're it's familiar to you for a reason. And I don't think that gauging it between how bad it was back then to now is a good way. It, it's not necessarily a great comparison because I feel like for me, the reason why it's not is because it lets me keep going in the wrong direction, right? That, that's right. Like you you could say, I never want to feel that again. I never want to feel that way again. I'll never do that to myself again. But here's where I'm where I'm willing to go. And here's what I'm willing to go there for, right? And so then that becomes like, maybe I'm not willing to go there for a work engagement, but I'm willing to go there for family. I'm willing to go there to support the people I love and to give what needs to be given and to support in a way that feels nourishing because I know I can come back and replenish myself. But, you know, to do X, Y, and Z for such and such a company, maybe I'm not willing to do that. And I think that's just about having boundaries. Oh, boundaries. We love this topic. This this podcast, <laughs> the next iteration of the Radically Loved podcast should be the Radically Loved podcast, how to best set boundaries. <laughs> because we, I mean, think about the tenets of radical love. You know, we have to be able to be in a space of acceptance and gratitude and curiosity and a desire for a great life. And I feel like sometimes if we don't have the right boundaries, either with other people or within ourselves, we can tend to lose the path to all of those things. So I, I love that you're saying that because again, boundaries is such a big, big topic here on the show. And if you think about it, like I'm really great at setting boundaries with other people. Mm. You know, like That's I... Good. I growing up with people that were in the throes of addiction and alcoholism. I grew up going to these AA meetings as a child. So I, I learned a lot about boundaries my entire life. So fortunately, I as I got older, I learned how to be very good about setting those boundaries. The codependency is a separate topic, but definitely setting the boundaries but I'm not really great at setting those boundaries within myself. Mm. I feel like that's key, right? Because that's the thing that's going to keep you from becoming exhausted, feeling burnt out. So how would one start to do that? How do you set boundaries within yourself, but boundaries so that you can feel like you're still practicing self-care and self-love and all the parts of you feel included? Mm, that's such a good question. So, I mean, I think the first thing, and this is so simple, but also hard, is setting a bedtime, right? It's like, this is my bedtime. 
My bedtime is not, I'm in bed at nine. I'm definitely sleeping or, you know, I'm lights off everything by 10 o'clock. And I think we can do that. That's like the first thing that we can do to look at, okay, I know when I go to bed at this time, I feel wrecked when I wake up. So let me give myself an hour prior to that wrecked bedtime and see what happens. And just do that for seven days, right? Don't think about it like, oh, the rest of my life, I have to be in bed by nine o'clock, right? But think about it as like, okay, let me set this boundary. Let me test it for seven days. And after seven days, let me see how I feel. Do I feel better? Do I feel more nourished? Okay, then you can start setting that boundary. And then that boundary is for you and also for other people because you will have to tell other people, I don't talk on the phone after this time. I'm not going to be available after this time. And that can be tricky because that plays into our wanting to please other people. It plays into our worthiness right? What will people think if I'm not available to go out? So that's one way to just begin, right? Yeah. The other thing that I would say, especially when it comes to self-care is what is my morning ritual? What is my morning ritual? So now we're kind of bookending the day and we're weaving this through. What is my morning ritual? Is my morning ritual going to be looking at my phone first thing in the morning Or have I done something in the past, maybe when I was on vacation, that felt really spacious and nourishing, whether it's make a cup of tea, sit down and write morning pages for five minutes, say a prayer, meditate for five minutes. How can I start my day in a more conscious, nourishing way that actually sets me up for success for the day, as opposed to this feeling of I'm running late, I don't have enough energy. I'm depleted. I'm drinking, you know, lots of caffeine just to kind of stay up. And that's how I would start with wake up ritual and a bedtime. And then once you start to anchor those two things, because those to me are like the most important, then it starts to bleed into other places in your life. So good. And and I love how you say that they're very easy, but they could also at the same time be really challenging for people to actually implement because we tend to put ourselves on the back burner most of the time. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And as as people who identify as women, a lot of times we feel like that's a, our place, right? To take the back seat. And sometimes it has to be. But in the times that are under your control and under your choice, Try not to fall into a pattern and make a conscious choice. And you can include family members in that. I mean, when I first met my beloved, he was going to bed at like two in the morning. And I used to wake up at like 4.30 in the morning when I lived in LA. So it was like, this is not going to work. How can I like share what it feels like to actually go to bed at a decent hour? And years later... We go to bed at the same time. We have this a very similar routine of the boundaries around bedtime. How did you, I'm so curious. I don't think I ever knew that. I'm curious. At what point did you have that conversation? Oh, it started right away. 
as soon as as soon as we moved in together, I was basically like, look, I wake up at 4.30 in the morning. I do my practice. I go to bed at 9.30. I keep my phone turned off. And I, at that time I was still producing, right? So that one of the work boundaries that I set was that don't call me after 7.30. I'm not going to be that woman who has the phone underneath their pillow while they're sleeping. That's not uh-huh. going to be me. So get out of the habit of calling at 7.30. And so I just brought in the things that I needed in order to make that a reality for me. Meaning I'm going to have my sleep mask on. I'm going to have, you know, noise canceling headphones on. I'm going to do whatever I need to to make sure that I can sleep. And luckily I'm a good sleeper. So I can bring myself after all these years of doing yoga nidra and different deep relaxation practices I can bring myself into sleep pretty quickly. And at some point he just was like, okay, I guess we're going to bed now. So, (laughs) you know, slowly but surely. Yeah, patience. It was was almost like teaching by showing as opposed to by telling. Which is the best way to integrate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. I think it's so important to be able to make that practice something that you respect, but also others in your life respect as well. Yeah. But I think that you're the person that has to set that precedence first. I do think so as well, because I think that for us now, our bedtime is like a ritual. It's basically, we don't, we only have red light in the bedroom after sun goes down you know, we don't have any light. He's got his blue blocking glasses on. And, you know, what he tells people now is that, you know, he used to be an insomniac and now he, he has all of these tools that started with actually going to bed at a certain time that was nourishing as opposed to depleting that allow him to have a restful sleep. So it's definitely worth investigating if people are listening and they they want to start with boundaries and start with things that are going to nourish them and thinking about how can life be a little bit more like a ritual and less like a slog yes this is so i mean i really needed to hear personally <laughs> Everything you had to say, I'm so grateful for you and just your wisdom and your consistency and your vast knowledge. I always love learning from you. And I think it's so important for us to hear these lessons again and again, especially for those of you that are listening or you're watching this that are potentially feeling the same, the same thing. You know, I feel like it's it's not a bad thing to be reminded to care for yourself in a loving way. It's a practice, right? Just like everything else we practice because we forget. And so I think that is just a great way to to end this podcast and to end this 500th, 500th, is that right? 500th? 500th, yeah. 500th, so. yeah. It's a great way to end this 500th episode with a little hiatus. Because I am setting the boundary to care for myself and Mm -hmm. to go back into the creativity cave and do something new and exciting. So this isn't a goodbye. This is a 
let's take a little breather. Go back mm-hmm. and listen to some of the first episodes. I always tell people never to listen to those. I'm like, they're so <laughs> bad, so bad. <laughs> but why don't you go back and listen to some of your favorite episodes? We will post all of the episodes that Tracy has done with us in the show notes, just so you can hear some of the other great wisdom that she's shared here with us. But before we end the show today, Tracy, is there anything that you want to share with us? You know, I'm I'm really, this year, my word is self-remembrance. And so I really just want people to think about that word, self-remembrance. What does it evoke in you when you hear it, when you feel it in your body? And how do you think that you can begin to reclaim that for yourself? Where can people go for more information and to connect with you? Uh, They can go to Tracy with two E's, stanley.com. That has all the things, has the links to Radiant Rest, my book about deep relaxation. And it also will have links to The Luminous Self, which is my new book that's coming out in October. Very excited about that. I saw that you just posted the cover on Instagram and I'm just, I went already pre-ordered a ton of copies. So we're going to, I'll do a book giveaway on Instagram. So for those of you that love to join a good giveaway, just stay tuned. And all the links that Tracy mentioned will be in the show notes. So if you're watching this on YouTube, go to the description below and those links will be there. If you're listening to this wherever you get your podcasts, go to the info button and get the links there. Tracy, thank you again so much for being here. It was so enlightening. (laughs) And I needed to hear everything that you said personally. And I know that everybody that's listening to this and watching this got the same value that I did from your words, your wisdom, your presence. And I couldn't have asked for a better guest for this episode. So thank you so much for doing this and for being here with us and being a part of the Radically Loved community. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm wishing you such a restful and beautiful and creative hiatus. Thank you so much for listening to the Radically Loved Podcast. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Facebook at Radically Loved Rosie, on Instagram at Rosie Acosta, and Twitter at Rosie Acosta. By the way, this is original music by DJ Taz Rashid. You can follow DJ Taz on Spotify and check out the best music for yoga and meditation. This has been a Mod Pod Studio production. Check them out at www.modpodstudio.com.